Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer. There's a lot of things to talk about today. Sometimes I wonder if it's ever going to stop. But I don't believe it is. Not for a long time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you with thankful hearts. And we praise you for who you are, the great I am. We thank you, Father, for your love and your grace and your mercy. And Father, we do thank you that you have a heart that forgives us if only we would just repent. And I pray that all listening can lift that burden whatever it is on their hearts, me as well, we all have them, and place them in your hands. Father, I ask that you will guard us from our enemies. Remove these that hate and murder from us. Grant us wisdom and strength to endure these times of oppression and persecution in our land. It's nothing new. But I do beg you for their protection and your strength. May we, your children, be what you would have us to be. May we heed your word. And may we put on the full armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the evils of the devil. It is for such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, that I do ask for discernment. I do ask for strength and courage. For I think we are facing some times in this country like we've never faced before. It is in Jesus' name that I ask all these things. Amen. Well, I have some questions for you today. You don't have to answer out loud, or you can answer them out loud. I'm just not going to be able to hear you that far away. Traitors. They will continue their plot against this nation, against people. Traitors will never stop. What should be done with traitors? This is my question for you to ponder today. I have my own ideas, which I wrote in my Substack last Friday, and I mentioned it on the air, too. But the title of my Substack, and you just go to Substack.com if you want to see what I've written there. I do them pretty fast. I write something every afternoon. I try to uh, get something up there every single day. Not on the weekend. I take a, I take a break. But the title of the Substack is Prioritize the Debt Payments and Let the People Go. And the subtitle is, As We Prioritize the Debt Payments, Let Us Also Prioritize Justice for Americans. It's substack.com. The title of my uh, page is Beyond the Microphone, the fifth segment. It is a continuation of the show. 
Well, I mentioned on Friday what I thought should happen to traders. I don't know if you can remember what I said or not. But traders should have a legal trial. And if and when they are found guilty, they should forfeit their American privileges. They must pay restitution to America and to Americans. And some should be exported. And others should have the maximum penalty. Death. Hillary Clinton referred to half of Americans as the basket of irredeemable deplorables. Those of us that cannot sway or be intimidated into their commie ways. That's who we are. They will deal with us as they have the J6ers. American citizens being held in prison without trials, without rule of law, without due process of law. Punish the irredeemable and scare the others from even thinking of going up against this government, this tyrannical government that they have in place. Well, let's look at them this way. I see them as sack of seditious socialist commies, pretenders of compassion. There is no truth in them. Their goal is destruction. Their goal is the fall of America. The fall of the Constitutional Republic. Think about that. They speak of murder and violence in order to gain their ground. They cannot defend their evil ways, so they name-call those who disagree and push forward the censoring of Americans. Truth is in, truth is standing in their way, and knowledge is their enemy. When they are cornered and their lie, with their, about their lies and are exposed, they scream racism or white supremacy, regardless of the skin color of to whom they are speaking. Doesn't matter if they're black or white or purple or pink or yellow or whatever color they are. It's a racist. They're a white racist. I think it's kind of funny when, like somebody like Diane Feinstein and Bernie Sanders are calling everybody else white supremacists. <laughs> to learn to read is white supremacy and racist. Now, maybe some of you don't remember your history because they've quit teaching some history. But when the slaves were slaves and even after they were freed, they didn't want them to be taught. They weren't allowed to go to school and learn to read. So to have school choice and to bring truth and knowledge into the inner city communities, which is mostly poor black Americans... The Democrats are adamantly against it. So tell me, who are the white supremacists? Who are the real racists if they don't want their fellow man to be educated as well as possible? Choice is just a word to them. It means no choice. No choice in education and no choice if you want to choose life. No choice in elections. They'll fix them. Americans need to stop buying into the politics and the left and realize that this party, the Democrat Party, along with their rhinos on the right, they do not care about America. 
They do not care, care about Americans. They only care about power and money. They sold us out a long time ago. Who did they sell us out to? Just about anybody. But China, I would say. So how do we deal with traitors? When a traitor goes unpunished, they continue their campaign against America and against Americans. All the while, they benefit from the nation's freedom what little is left. What prompted my rage against traitors this morning? Well, yet another rampage from one of the most famous blemishes of America, Hanoi Jane. All of us who remember the Vietnam War remember the traitorous actions and the big mouth of Hanoi Jane Fonda. Well, we didn't punish or banish her, and she's still here, and she's back once again with her foul mouth. She caused the death of many American soldiers. She is not a good person. I had no problem with her being anti-war, but I had a huge problem with her being pro-communist. She was rooting for the other side. Let's see. Why and what she did to our soldiers then. Why did it never bother her? Not even to this day. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Out of her own mouth, she loves murder. Yeah, she said that. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We're going to talk about what exactly Hanoi Jane said when we return. And we will be right back. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Steyer's George Soros promised to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. And while the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. 
Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Well, this is an article. It's coming from Front Page Magazine, and it was written by Robert Spencer. Hanoi Jane for the murder of pro-lifers. Yeah. It's not enough just to murder the babies. Rudy's given me that look. He obviously didn't read this article. When sitting on a North Vietnamese anti-aircraft gun just isn't enough. She's a traitor. She's always been a traitor. She will always be a traitor. She is not going to change. It was all a joke, she tried to tell us, after igniting a firestorm by calling for the murder of pro-lifers on The View. (laughs) She appeared with her commie gal friends on The View. Hanoi Jane Fonda issued a statement. While women's reproductive rights are a very serious issue and extremely important to me, my comment on The View was obviously made in jest. My body language and tone made it clear to those in the room and to anyone watching that I was using hyperbole to make a point. But that was not the case. In the video, if you watch it, they were stunned. Can you imagine Behar being stunned? Fonda began began it all by saying, We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that does to our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Well, she's too old to have an abortion anyway. I don't care what she says. She's 85 years old. She's had a lot of work done on her face, but I don't think she can have any children at this point in time. Well, it could be wrong. Sarah did, you know. Sarah in the Bible did. That would be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Abortion is not the only means of contraception. So why is it so important to kill the baby? Why don't they get on a campaign to stop the pregnancies? And when did America ever tell you how many children you could have or not have, Jane? That belongs to your communist China. They're the ones who do that. Sunny Hostin, or Houston, whoever you say her name, she's the unrepentant racist, if you recall. She called white women roaches. You remember that? These women at The View are nasty, nasty women. 
then the fact that they are this nasty and Hanoi Jane surprised him with her language is telling something about Hanoi Jane. Hanoi Jane said this when they ask about what should we do. She goes, that's the activist speaking. And then, and and she probably will get a Nobel Prize very, very, very soon, they said. This is coming from Sonny. And she, she says, but it's the truth. It's the truth. We're not going to do it. We're going to fight. And Bihar then asked Jain Fonda, besides marching and protesting, what else do you suggest? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Put your coffee down. Because Jane Fonda says, well... I love murder. Well, it does involve murder. I love murder, she said. Well, on the panel there, they laughed, but very awkwardly. Joy Bihar was sufficiently alarmed and aware, and she wasn't, (laughs) wasn't at all clear that Fonda was joking. She wasn't joking, friends. She wasn't joking. And so Bahar tries to say, she's kidding. Wait a second. She's kidding. She's kidding. And Tomlin and Font told Fonda, don't say that. Don't say that. You don't know. They'll pick that up and just run with it. Yeah, that's the worst. But as Bahar repeated, she's just kidding. They tried to make up for what Fonda was saying. She's just kidding. Let's move on and talk to something else talk about Jane's activism. Jane Fonda is a traitor, and she loves murder. You know, I'm going to read this particular paragraph to you. It was really clear to those in the room and to anyone watching that Fonda was using hyperbole to point, make a point. Those in the room certainly didn't show it, if it was clear. In fact, They showed just the opposite. And the uncomfortable fact is that abortion advocates have not been shy about their bloodlust. In June of 2022, the Compass Care Pregnancy Services in Buffalo, New York, was firebombed by pro-abortion terrorists. They painted, Jane was here on the side of the building as they broke windows and lit fires. Jane's Revenge is a pro-abortion group that has issued open threats to pro-lifers. We will hunt you down and make your lives a living hell, the group said. This is, it says, a war against pro-lifers. Compass Care was just one of dozens of pro-life centers that were attacked after the leak of the draft opinion overturning Roe versus Wade. Isn't it, what do you call it, a coincidence that Jane Fonda says, well, I love murder, and Jane's Revenge is the name of this organization, firebombing women help centers. You see, they don't want to help women. Abortion isn't about helping women. 
If it was, they would not be against a woman's choice to choose abortion or this. And the Supreme Court decision did nothing to remove abortion other than to not make it a federal law. It had to lie in the states. It had to be determined in the states. It had to be determined by the people. Somebody like Jane Fonda and the sadistic, the sack of sadistic socialist communists, they don't like choice. They love murder. Just like Jane Fonda said, well, I love murder. Kill all of those who stand up for life, because I love murder. Let's burn their buildings down if they want to help a woman with her baby that she's expecting. I'd rather she went and killed that baby, because I love murder. Jane Fonda loves murder. She went to Vietnam, and she was a propagandist for Vietnamese, for the North Viet Cong, for the communists, against our own American soldiers. I had a brother over there. He suffers now because of what he went through there, because of Agent Orange. But Jane Fonda, she loves murder. Don't ever watch any of her movies. If she's in it, turn it off. She is a sack of sadistic, socialist, communist filth. She's more than a nasty woman. Much more than a nasty woman. She loves murder. She said she was joking. Well, of course, murder is a joke if you're a seditious, socialist, communist like Jane Fonda. murder. Abortion is murder. Yet they push for abortion and not for birth control. Why is that? It's all about money. It's all about control. Abortion is not health care, my friends. Abortion is murder, for which the left follows their leader, Jane Fonda, because they love murder. They love to torture those who don't agree with them. They love to bomb buildings for those who want to save children, save babies, help mothers. Because they love murder. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We're going to move on. We're going to talk a little bit about some other things, including the banking system. We'll... We'll talk a little bit about that. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Boycott. Avoid. Hanoi Jane and The View. (laughs) It's time we put the uh, nasty women out of work. Don't you think? You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back.
And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're going to talk about the banking issue or some of that. We're not going to get into real deep in it. But I received something, you know, I like to read on Sunday nights uh, or Sunday afternoon sometimes. Usually it's in the evening. Paul Hamby, you all remember Paul Hamby if you've been with me for very long. And uh, he's a business owner here in the state of Missouri. He follows state politics really close. Very wise, very, very wise man. And um, his thought for the week is about the Second Amendment. It's about SAPA, which is the Second Amendment Preservation Act here in the state of Missouri. And I'm telling you this, even though if you're not in Missouri, you need to know this, because these are things all states should be doing. But before we get into that, I wanted to read to you the Second Amendment. It is Beth's opinion. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, not a scholar. I'm just a simple-minded woman, and I think that our founding fathers made everything fairly simple so all of us could understand it. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There's two things there. You understand that, right? Militia and the people. There's two different things there. Okay. So, Missouri led the nation in pushing back. I'm just going to read this to you. It's rather lengthy, but I think you're going to enjoy this. He gets into some history, and you need to write a certain federal judge's name down and keep an eyeball on him. Okay? Missouri led the nation in pushing back against federal law with SAPA, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. It passed the Missouri legislature and was signed into law by Governor Parson, June 2nd, 2021. Now, this is going back to 2021. Now, an Obama-appointed federal judge, write his name down, Brian Wimes, W-I-M-E-S, and that's Brian with an I-N-S. Well, I'm sorry, with an I-A-N. Brian Wimes has ruled that the Missouri Second Amendment Preservation Act is unconstitutional. Missouri General Andrew Bailey has already filed an appeal and secured a state of judgment, so SAPA continues to affect during the appeal process. It's still in effect. As Attorney General, I will protect the Constitution, which includes defending Missourians' fundamental right to bear arms. If the state legislature wants to expand upon the foundational rights codified in the Second Amendment, they have the authority to do that, But SAPA is also about the Tenth Amendment. It's about federalism and individual liberty, so we will be appealing to the Supreme, to the court's ruling. Well, let's go to that Tenth Amendment. I think all of you know what it is. Oh, part of it's missing. We've got part of it missing here. Basically, the Tenth Amendment says the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution are in the hands of the states. And uh, maybe I can find the exact one there here in just a few minutes. But here's uh, what the former Fox judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano, said, I really like Judge Napolitano, but I was against Judge Napolitano because he hated President Donald J. Trump. So he said some things then that I thought, that goes against what you have told us in the past, Judge. I don't know why he's a never-Trumper, but he is. 
But anyway, he claimed that this was one of the worst judicial opinions ever reviewed in modern era. He goes on to say, if this judge were a student of mine at one of the three law schools on whose faculties I was privileged to sit and submitted his this submitted this, he would have flunked because he missed the most important case, which is the Justice Scalia opinion called Prince versus the United States, in which the federal government tried to get sheriffs to enforce the federal gun laws. Now, I have some of those books, don't I, Rudy? We have that. That is when Prince and um, Sheriff Mack sued the federal government over this, and they won. States' rights won over the federal government. I have that for $2.50. If you send me 3 bucks, that might help us pay to mail it to you. It's a very small book. It's a very small book. And I may only have one or two of them. I uh, haven't got the money to keep uh, revenue. I haven't got the revenue to keep uh, such things in stock anymore. But Judge Napolitano said the statute itself, SAPA, is one of the finest demonstrations of federalism since Thomas Jefferson and James Madison descended from the Alien of Sedition Act of 1798 by writing the Kentucky and Virginia Resolutions. Now, this is some history that I didn't know that Paul tells us about here, and that's why I wanted to share it with you, because I didn't know this history. Um, it kind of makes me a little angry at somebody that I like to quote, but you could take anybody... And quote them, and they can. It can mean different things. That doesn't mean this doesn't mean what it does, because I'm going to share it with you. But John Adams is somebody we do we do like to quote. We believe in John Adams, but John Adams didn't get it all right all the time. Neither did any of the founding fathers, because they were just men. But a brief history lesson here. In nine, I'm sorry. In 1798, during John Adams' presidency. Congress passed the Alien and Sedition Act to protect the official government position from public criticism. <laughs> the Sedition Act attacked free speech and free press. Partisan politics had become vicious in the 1790s. Along with that came newspapers that favored a strong central government. Oh, my gosh. On one side versus newspapers that favored a strong sovereign states. With a weak central government, the Alien Sedition Acts stated, stacked the deck against political opposition, criminalizing criticism of Federalist President John Adams, but not Vice President Thomas Jefferson. So in this particular instance, Jefferson and Adams did not agree. Thomas Jefferson was the leader of the political opposition, and suddenly criticizing the government could land you in jail. Several of John Adams' critics did, in fact, go to jail. Now, Jefferson and Madison had a whole different idea. They believed in the Alien and Sedition Act was unconstitutional. And Jefferson wrote that they violated the Tenth Amendment because nowhere in the Constitution did the states give the federal government the ability to take away the right of free speech. So they wrote the Virginia and Kentucky Resolutions of 1798, effectively nullifying the federal law. Here is um, the Tenth Amendment. The powers not delegated to the United States of, by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the state, respectively, or to the people. 
the federal government, I don't know what happened to old John Adams, but the federal government was never supposed to be large. We should all be against a huge centralized government. Now, we have to have some federal government. But it should not be over-dictating down to us from D.C. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Those fellas up there and ladies, they're supposed to be arguing back and forth for the rights of the people, not for the rights of corporations. As they do. The states were duty-bound to interpose between the federal government and the state's people. That's from James Madison, and he wrote that in the Virginia Resolution. It said they... It was an important yet little-known chapter of our history. Imagine America would be like today if our press, citizens, state officials, and local elected leaders no longer had the right to speak up with differing opinions from our national leaders. Well, it's easier to manage them today than it was 15 or 20 years ago. The right of free speech became forever protected because Jefferson and Madison led the effort to push back against the intrusive federal government way back in 1798. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. It's important that we push back. And we will be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouthwatering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Elmer Heinrich here to talk about minerals. 
Most people are aware our topsoil is depleted and our foods, especially fruits and vegetables, lack many minerals compared to years ago. Maybe that's the reason the world is sick. Now, according to Dr. Linus Pauling, our bodies need 60 minerals every day, but on average we get less than 12 minerals from the foods we eat. Immuno 150, an incredible nutritional supplement that can fill the gap because it contains 70 colloidal plant minerals and 80 additional nutrients, 150 in all. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is available for $54.95 by calling 888-310-5252 or on the website immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. The 70 minerals are the key to good health and longevity, so call 888-310-5252. You'll be glad you did. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one, get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, six-piece towel set, and roll-and-go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bethann or call 1-800-978-6168. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. You will also receive Mike's book absolutely free with any purchase. Call 1-800-978-6168 or go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com. Promo code Bethann. We have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I have not, uh, I have ordered it, so I can't tell you what it's like yet, but I'm, I'm very excited about it. I've ordered my, uh, my pillow 2.0, and we'll see. I should get it this week, I think. I think I should, and we'll see what we think about it. I like my my pillow. I carry it everywhere with me <laughs> when I go somewhere. I don't like the pillows in the hotels or. Other places that I go when I visit relatives or something, I take my pillow with me. I'm kind of like a little kid. Take my pillow with me. So here we go. This is interest rates as they hike, and they're going to trigger an avalanche of household debt while badly run bank collapses capture the headlines to distract us. So I think many of you have heard what happened in Silicon Valley to that uh, bank this weekend. The Tucker Carlson was talking about it on Friday evening. I turned it on just to see if he was going to give another J6er uh, film. I'm a little disappointed. I think he did a really good job, but I'm a little disappointed because I think we only saw a little snippet of 40,000 hours of tape, and I want to see some of the rest of it. I want to see some of the rest of it. Let me see it. So this is coming from Greg Barnes, and it's from PJ Media. An avalanche of consumer debt could come tumbling down unless a rising economy and slowing inflation suddenly materialize to rescue millions of Americans struggling to keep up with their credit card, auto, and home loan payments. We've been encouraged. This is coming from me, not his article. Just kind of summing up some of it. We've been encouraged to live in debt. Use those cards. Take a loan out. He says 20 million 
are even behind on their utility bills. Now, we talked about prioritizing your bills, and this is what I was saying. Many Americans have had to do this for a long time, but things are getting worse and worse. So when Congress, the Republicans, are talking about prioritizing the bills we pay, that ain't nothing new. Americans have had to do that for a long time. I can't get that this month, or I can't pay that this week. We'll try and pay it next week when I get another paycheck in. According to the New York Federal Reserve headline, household debt rises to $16.90 trillion. Credit cards cards pass pre-pandemic high. It was one thing to carry large credit card balances during the low inflation and booming economy before the pandemic. It is quite another thing to carry an even larger consumer debt with inflation outpacing earnings and economic growth stalled at around 1%. If consumers can't grow their way out of debt through earnings, they will have to start servicing credit card interest rates that were once illegal under usury laws. And they have to do this with dollars that are worthless and le- worth less and less each month. And the cost of food is up 10%. Now, I believe the cost of food is up a lot more than 10%. I think the one organization that said they had to pay three times, it was like 300%. And that was before Thanksgiving when they were getting their meals for the for the shelter. The sad political fact is that the Federal Reserve uses the year before presidential elections to make its most politically unpopular moves so as not to be seen as interfering in an election cycle. I, they really care. <laughs> well, this is that year, and they are certainly doing a political unpopular things. Americans who have been drugged into debt for years by near zero interest rates now have to face incremental interest rate increases deemed high enough to forestall further inflation. He says here that the total, this is out of New York Fed, the total household debt rose by $394 billion, or 2.4%, to $16.9 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2022. According to the latest quarterly report of on household debt and credit. Credit card balances have increased um, by $61 billion to reach $986 billion, surpassing the pre-pandemic high, which was $927 billion. Mortgage balances rose to $11.92 trillion. Auto loan balances to $1.55 trillion and student loan balances $1.60 trillion. The share of current debt transitioning into delinquency increased by nearly all debt types. He goes on and on in this article, and he even talks about, uh, this is something out of Shakespeare's Hamlet, neither a borrower nor lender be, for loan oft loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. <laughs> oh, good old Shakespeare. We have... Um, We have to take some of the responsibility, America, because we have lived in debt 
Just get those credit cards out. And we've been encouraged to do that. You know, you couldn't even make a reservation at a hotel if you didn't have a credit card. You had to have a credit card. Well, we're just about out of time, and there was a couple of things I wanted to make mention, and uh, I'm going to do it as fast as I can. There's a large group of people approached um, the U.S. border entry point in El Paso, Texas, on Sunday in an apparent attempt at a mass entry into the country. U.S. Custom Border Protection said causing disruptions along the U.S.-Mexico border and forcing authorities to erect barricades. CBP officers implemented port hardening measures after the group made a formation and approached the international boundary, border officials said, and no breaching occurred. But I want you to stop and think about this. They made a formation to make a run on our border. They weren't sneaking in. All they needed was a few combat boots. And the other point I want to make is the former Vice President Mike Pence, who's thinking about running for president. He made this statement. History will hold Donald Trump accountable. He better understand that history is going to hold Mike Pence accountable. And if he runs for president, you know what he's going to do, Rudy? You know what he's going to do? He's going to stand on all the accomplishments of President Donald J. Trump. But I want you to remember something about Mike Pence. Mike Pence was the first one to tattle on General Flynn. Mike Pence was the head of the pandemic, the COVID task force, with Fauci and Burks. Mike Pence will go down in history as a Benedict Arnold to we the people in my book. Time will tell. We're still finding out things. But Pence's mouth tells me he was the mole in the White House all the time. I suspect it. I don't know it for a fact, but that's where my mind goes. For him to say this about President Trump, and then you watch him, just like Pompeo, you watch him. He's going to stand on every one of the accomplishments that Donald Trump had as President of the United States. It's time that Americans actually started pushing back against traitors and against globalists and bring America home. Home.